0: Welcome to this live edition of the By Wrestling Podcast, the show that is for the fans, by the fans. I am your phenomenal host, Mr. Podcasting, Chris Belcher. You can follow me at Chris Belcher 24 on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. The show is at PBW Podcast on those platforms as well. Make sure you give us a follow, especially if this is your first time hanging out with us. Whether you're watching us on the bodysum.net YouTube channel, whether you have stumbled upon us on Facebook or on Twitter. Thanks so much for hanging out with us. We are live after WWE Extreme Rules, taking your questions and comments, so feel free to interact with us. Uh, We would appreciate that very much. It will help our show be, uh, I don't know if it's more entertaining is the proper word because of the third man, but I'll get to that in a minute. Anyway, all right, joining me as always is my partner in crime, the young buck, the man we've had to resuscitate tonight, but he is here, ladies and gentlemen, Andy York in the flesh uh man how are you i guess is the best oh i
1: i am feeling wonderful right now i am on cloud nine honestly like how i felt which we'll talk about it all but how i felt after punk came back on rampage i i feel the exact same way right now so i i am through the moon i am so happy right now i and what's fun is like this is just the beginning. So, like, there's so much more to talk about and dive into, but I, I'm feeling very good right now.
0: We're going to get there. Don't worry. But to help us break it all down, I said entertaining earlier. I know your comments and your interactions would be entertaining, but if there is none, <laughs> well, we have the entertainment. Joining us, the third man, my brother from another mother, the whole podcasting show and that's not a tribute to seth rollins that's rvd he's doing. all right mr
2: jared justice
0: in the house what's up man how's it going
2: he's got the whole world <laughs> in his hands he's got I the whole it. world in his hands what's up guys (laughs) i said i
0: said entertaining he has brought the entertainment thanks for hanging out with us all right no seriously man like we've been this let's just start right here right off the top the anticipation has been building i know exactly how andy feels so i'm gonna i'm gonna go to jared first the anticipation has been building for so so long We thought, Jared, back at SummerSlam when we got the teasers of what was going on, we thought that might be Bray Wyatt. Well, that turned out to be Edge, and that was all cool and everything. But that got all of our hopes up that, oh, my goodness, Triple H less than a weekend is already bringing back Bray Wyatt and all this other stuff. Well, no, we had to let it burn a little bit. We had to sit and let it simmer and think about it. Here we are after weeks and really months, I think, of anticipation of clues of qr codes of white rabbit songs at the end of extreme rules here he is bray wyatt has officially returned to the wwe and i will argue just like johnny gargano and just like cody rhodes bray wyatt is home
2: oh yeah i mean there was nowhere else for bray to go um we heard things about you know we got calls from here calls from there but, um, I mean, WWE is his home, and he came back. We still don't really know how he's back, like what kind of character exactly he's going to be. I mean, there was a whole new mask, which looked awesome. I've never heard such loud, holy sheet chants <laughs> in my whole life. I mean, that was, that was the last I've ever heard, man.
0: Yeah, that was wild. That was wild for sure, and... Man, it just it seemingly, Andy, we talked about it, and I know Jared and I were texting as well. Like, is it going to happen? Is is he going to attack somebody? Is it just going to happen? Like, are they really going to save it? Obviously, they saved it to the very end, but, like, he didn't go after anybody. It was just kind of a, okay, here we are. And, man, what a moment it was. It was very cool.
1: Yeah, it's, I mean, it's got to be up there for one of the best returns like of all time, like how they, how they played it up over the last couple of weeks to the display to how they like performed everything tonight. It was perfect. I mean, absolutely perfect. I love that. Kind of like what we talked about. He just kind of showed up. We still have no idea of the direction he's going in. We have no idea who he's going after. And at this point in time, it doesn't really matter who he goes after. It's just kind of the fact that he's, he's back in WWE. He's back where he belongs. He you know, like you mentioned, he's home. And so I'm I'm very excited to see where he goes from here. Um, the pop that he got was ridiculous. I mean, I don't know if there's ever going to be a Road Warriors pop, but that was as close as probably <laughs> ever going to get was was that kind of pop. So, you know, <clears throat> Punk's pop was loud. Cody's pop was loud. This pop was just as loud, if not louder. Like it, the, the crowd was ready for it and hyped for it. And so everything about it was just absolutely perfect.
2: What yeah, went through my mind instantly, whenever that door flew open and the light came through, I was like the nine and ten year old little Jareds and Chris's and Andys that are growing up right now. Like this is their new version of the Undertaker. Yep. This will be this will be their phenom.
1: Yep. And Absolutely. I, well, and I even said that on the the preview of like obviously we don't want bray to be the undertaker we want we want him to be his own version but this has all the potential to be our generation's version of the undertaker and i think if presentation was anything tonight of like an indication of where it's heading then we're 10 steps ahead of where i thought we would actually be so we're, we're heading in the right direction
0: Andy, as a as a Bray Wyatt fan, the probably the biggest Bray Wyatt fan on this show. Not taking anything away from what how Jared feels about him or you know how I feel about him, but clearly there's there's a difference in Andy's <laughs> fandom versus mine and Jared's of Bray Wyatt. But as probably the biggest Bray Wyatt fan on this podcast, as Jared said, we still don't know exactly what he's going to look like. He had the the new mask, but he took it off. We never saw him take the fiend mask off to reveal actually Bray Wyatt. We saw him take this one off. We saw him come back with the lantern. We Mm -hmm. saw the fiend mask. We saw all the characters, and we saw sort of, to me, what seemed like the Firefly Funhouse sort of dissipating or seemed like the closing of that chapter.
2: Yeah. Or did it come to life? Or Or did it come to
0: life? Or did it come to life? You're, you're exactly right. Yeah, the puppets being live and all that kind of stuff. I can definitely see that. The only conclu- the only reason I drew that conclusion was because the music and the way that it looked. And then he came, he came out with the lantern, uh, the original lantern. And, Andy, what do you make of, do you think that he was showing that, okay, this is a new Bray. We're kind of putting that behind us. Or this is, they're all going to somehow come together into this one character
1: well i mean knowing and going off of what he's done in the past i feel like all of this is going to link together somehow some way and i I don't think i don't think that they would show all those characters plus showing like someone wearing the fiend mask that looked like bray wyatt in the crowd like i don't i don't think they would do that if that wasn't going to be incorporated somehow so i think it might be one of those where he has, you know, this new character, this new gimmick that he has while also being able to, you know, bring out the fiend when he needs to. Like, one of, one of those things. Sort of like a Finn Balor with a demon style character, but probably a lot more in-depth than that. Um, and, you know, I, we talked about it a while ago. I really like the idea of the Firefly Funhouse coming to life. Like, Bray has been the puppet master the entire time, and now they are all back to like alive they're they're not just puppets anymore um and so you know i i have no idea where we're heading with this with someone like triple h and bray Wyatt in charge there's no telling where we're going to end up with this um but i'm i'm very excited to see where we're going and you know i think we'll find out more on raw um excuse me but i from there i have i have no idea what this is going to look like Jared, what were your thoughts on just the presentation
0: of how all that came to life and, and what we might see with the other characters, incarnations of Bray going forward and with this new
2: revealing the White Rabbit kind of deal? Um, I think that we're going to see a new character that kind of combines all the old ones. So kind of like what Andy was saying, I think that there will be a way that Bray White like conjures up this creature, whether it's with the new mask or the theme mask or whatever that can go out there and just be unstoppable. You know, you can hit him with everything in the world, but it just does not kill him. Um, but I think that we'll also possibly see that Bray White that has those leather straps and like his, you know, like he's been butchering something, um, that character come back. I mean, I think it's going to incorporate everything. I love right. seeing that, um, the nasty pig guy and just how disgusting that pig creature always looks. And whoever that human is, I mean, they did a great job of just (laughs) envisioning the scum of the earth pig man. So (laughs) I thought thought that was pretty good.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I definitely, like you both have alluded to, I definitely would like to see these characters come to life in one way or another Uh, The only thing that I was missing, uh, and again, I thought the whole presentation was great, not going to criticize anything, but if I had to say, oh, I wish X would have been there, it was somehow that Alexa Bliss was going to pop up. Like, that would have been the icing on the cake to me for her to pop up and to be in the, oh, okay, Jared. <laughs> what do you got against Alexa Bliss? I agree,
1: the- I, I agree with Jared. I agree with Jared. I
2: love Alexa Bliss. Beautiful creature she is. She should not be anywhere near Bray White. That was terrible. It was awful. She should it, never been there to begin with.
1: It started off decent. Like it started off with a lot of potential, and then it it fell off really quickly. I feel like if you put Alexa back with Bray just like I don't want Bray Wyatt and Randy Orton to ever be in the same ring ever. <laughs> like I don't want those two. I don't want them anywhere oh near each other. Cause every time they've gotten together, the story has been great. The conclusion has always been awful, like absolutely terrible. And yeah. so I, I agree. Like I don't want Alexa anywhere near this. I think Alexa is better without Bray. I think Bray oh. is better without Alexa. I think, I think a nod every once in a while or like a backstage segment or something is going to happen. That's, that's fine. That's whatever. But yeah, I agree. Keep, keep them kind of away from each other for now.
0: Well, neither of you let me finish. What I was going (laughs) to say was in this situation of Bray kind of incorporating all of these characters, it could have been like you have Alexa there to kind of close that chapter and to show that, you know, whatever. I don't know. Anyway, (laughs) It's two to one. It's fine. Whatever. <laughs> anyway, so Bray doesn't go after anybody. Uh, Andy, is that good or bad? Do you think we, we should have seen him go after somebody or I mean, we, we have plenty of time, right?
1: I think we have plenty of time. I think this is one of those that we just let him do vignettes for the next couple of weeks. Let him do. I mean, if they're going to do something like the Firefly Funhouse again, let that be it for a while. Um. And, you know, because I I think we all like the idea of, like, we don't know anything about Bray right now. We don't know what he's doing, who he's going after, what his new motive is. So keeping him away from people, right? not necessarily away from people, but keeping him from a clear direction keeps that intrigue alive, I think. So I think that, you know, is pretty smart, keeping him away from going after someone specific. Um, And then, you know, once we get kind of closer, probably to Survivor Series... Like, we'll, we'll start to see a clearer picture of who he's going after.
0: Uh, Jared, back in the day, you know, I, I talk like we're so old, but, you know, <laughs> we are older than Andy. He is the young bug. But back in the day of us growing up and watching wrestling, wrestlers used to be introduced by vignettes. We wouldn't see them for eight to ten weeks, and then they would finally show up. I know Bray showed up in person tonight. Andy just mentioned vignettes. Do you think we wait a while before we see Bray in person again? Do we continue to see video packages or some other clues alluding to what Bray is doing next before we actually see him in person again?
2: I think tonight, and I mean, they should have known without even doing this, but I think tonight was a trial. We're going to push him out there, and we're going to see if people, how how much they cheer. You know he was going to get cheered. Right. didn't know it was going to be anything like what it was. If they had, if he would just been cheered, yeah, maybe you turn him back into a heel. But my God, after what happened, that you make him a face. And so I, I don't think that – I think you need to keep him special. They usually don't keep these people special except like Brock or somebody that – right, or even Roman now that like they have no choice but to just let them wrestle a few times a year. Everybody else is kind of – overexposed because there's so friggin' many shows. Um, But if you do it smart, yeah, I think you could have some vignettes. We already know who he is, so you don't need like 10 weeks of that. But, um, you know, do some vignettes, have him come out, really have, really build it up before his first match. And then you can have him wrestle a little more often on a regular basis, maybe. But I don't think you should be as exposed as everybody else.
1: Well, I I think it also depends on, like, if Bray Wyatt is just going to be Bray Wyatt, then I agree. Like, keep him off TV. Not necessarily off TV, but keep him out of the ring and keep him, you know, from being there in front of a live audience until you absolutely need him. But if they're doing, like, another Fiend-style character, I think you could have Bray on TV, keep the Fiend off TV. I think that was part of the problem last time, is the Fiend was so overused, like, on TV. yeah. And, like, I, you know, I think, like, the first time he showed up on all, that was awesome. I didn't need him to show up every week as the Fiend. Like, seeing, right. you never, like, the idea of, like, we never know when the Fiend's going to show up. That's, like, to me, that's the intriguing part. So, I think it just depends on if he's going to do this dual character style or if it's just going to be solely Bray Wyatt. I mean, he 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 has a new logo that looks somewhat like the Wyatt family logo, kind of flipped and... So I don't know if that means he's going to start like the Wyatt Six or whatever, which I think has been rumored, but you I, you never know what they're going to do with him.
0: Yeah, it's it's pretty wild. I'm pretty anxious to see exactly you know what happens with this, how they go
1: about this. Because What's again,
2: Wyatt Six. Like I, I have no, I don't know.
1: I think it's white just. People. I think he said it a while ago. Um, and like then who would the six
2: people be? Or whatever.
1: Uh I think like fantasy booking, what people have said is like put Strowman back in it. Um, you could put Dexter Loomis in it, you could put Karen Cross in it, you could put uh Liv Morgan in it now that she is kind of you know lost her title and probably not going to challenge for it again. Right. Uh you could put, I mean, if you wanted to, you could put Alexa in it, you could put you could put Joe Gacy in it from NXT, you could put, you know. There, there are people that you could put in it.
0: I think Joe Gacy would be yeah. perfect because that's the one that we all were kind of like, oh, I hope this is not him. Don't and let I it think be Joe would, Gacy. <laughs> he would be perfect. He would be the perfect kind of predecessor or whatever the right word is yeah. uh, to, to Bray Wyatt and the way Bray would mentor him up. And not that he would take Bray's place, but he would kind of, you know, be that, Second in command kind of person. I, get I mean,
1: that. he didn't need it, but like the Undertaker had Kane, Joe Gacy could be that to to Bray Wyatt in a lot of ways. Absolutely. I
0: yeah,
1: don't know absolutely. who that is,
2: but I'll take your all's word for it.
0: He's
1: a guy. He's a guy from NXT
0: that's kind of this creepy type character that we have seen in a really up. long time. Yeah. Um.
1: Which he so. he was he was very cheeky today on Twitter because he posted a picture of uh, being in Philadelphia in the arena. He he tweeted out a couple pictures. So people were like, oh, man, it's going to be Joe Casey.
0: Of course he did. Of course he did. But <laughs> okay, you know. I,
2: got, I remember that guy.
0: But you know when people do that, you know, they're they're just.
1: Tru- it's the ones that aren't saying anything that you know are the ones that are to show up.
0: Bingo. That's right. Um, for those of you who are tuned in to us here on the BodySlam.net YouTube channel and on Facebook and on Twitter, thanks for hanging out with us. Leave us some comments, some questions. We're talking all about WWE Extreme Rules. And the return of Bray Wyatt, all the many different directions that we could go. And honestly, guys, we could spend the next hour talking about where we think Bray Wyatt's going to go. But honestly, like Andy said it earlier, between the mind of Bray Wyatt and the creative direction of Triple H, we really don't know what direction they're going to go at this point. Because Triple, Triple H has never been in charge of Bray Wyatt's storyline and Bray Wyatt's character. And he's probably giving Bray a lot more control over what's going on. So who knows where this whole thing can go? All we know is it's it's a wait and see, but it's a good
2: wait and see. You know Did anybody I mean? else notice that like whenever that uh Bray gets ready to blow out his little candle that it went off before he blew? Yes. <laughs> he
1: has a little he, he has a no, he has a little switch underneath that he clicks when he when he does the like he controls. Whoa. When he blows, because if, if you look, when he, he holds like hard. this, he puts his hand underneath it and like blows, and he did it too quick. Yeah, he did it too oh, quick. God. It's been a while since he's done it, so want <laughs> <I, laughs> to I, give I him? I just, just quick. pictured like Vince McMahon sitting there. We gotta bury him now. His career is
2: over. <laughs>
1: um. <laughs>
0: Speaking of NXT, guys, they got us with the logo. They put the logo up and then the lights went out.
1: I told you when Triple H is in charge, I don't trust the logo. I, nope, the, logo means, the logo means the logo means nothing until right. the until the next show comes on the screen. The logo means absolutely nothing to yep. me.
2: So it was NXT instead of WWE? No, but what it's what they what? used
1: to, No, it's what they used to do in NXT. Like the copyright no. thing at the bottom. That so, they play at the uh, end of shows. Nerds. <coughs> nerds. <laughs>
2: <laughs> the ass boys struck again. <laughs> <laughs> oh <my God. laughs>
0: anyway. Uh, <laughs> yes, the logo, and then the lights went out, and then Michael Cole. Are we still on the air? Guys, that was oh, great. He's still on the air. That was pretty I, cool.
1: I, Michael Cole was in his bag tonight. Like, he yep. was... He did well. He was killing it all night long.
2: Yep. He's great without Vince in his ear. Great.
0: A very good show. I do miss him and Pat together, Um, but him and Corey so, together... So, Pat's
2: gone, good. I guess, to do his no. own thing? So, Pat
0: is, Pat is part of the college game day show on saturdays now so okay. during college football season he's going to be doing that so he will be not on smackdown during college football and he'll be back uh probably in january
2: i would say do, do yeah. we know where they might put him like
0: i
1: think he's going back to SmackDown.
2: okay
0: i'd say i'd say it'll be him with wade barrett and michael, michael cole. cole which you know sure. somebody uh, has already uh, remaintain-
2: I know, they, they, I
1: don't made like, them, they made them all
2: two-man
0: teams. Yeah. I don't like Pat in a three-man team, though.
1: I don't either. The only thing, though, would be, and if this happens, then I'm I am suing WWE for stealing my stuff. Oh,
2: as if, oh. as if oh. Wade Barrett
1: <laughs> gets back in the ring, because if Barrett gets back in the ring at like, the Rumble or something, that would be... I would be all for that. And then we go back to a two-man team with, with Pat and Cole, but I think I think when Pat comes back, he has to be with Michael Cole. Like, him and Michael Cole have too much chemistry together to put him with Kevin Patrick.
0: I agree. Maybe they move Wade back to NXT because I don't know that Booker T will do it totally full-time because he's still got all of his other stuff that he's doing. Yeah. So, uh, maybe they'll move Wade back to NXT. I don't know. Anyway, uh, moving right along, the Fight Pit match. Main event of the night first of all were you guys okay with this being the main event um nope. did you need okay like i i don't know i kind of thought drew mcintyre and karen cross would be the main event but i mean i i guess it is what it is um what what were our thoughts i guess we will go to jared first on the fight pit match um we've only seen this in nxt so far and it's finally brought to the main roster Seth Rollins and Matt Riddle. I thought the, the finish was kind of abrupt. Maybe they had to get out of there so they could do Bray. Um, but I thought the match was good. Jared, what do you think?
2: I liked it a lot. Um, I was just waiting for them to go up top. And um, the only thing that, like, pissed me off was whenever that – I think it was when Seth went to pedigree um, – what's his face? Uh, on the on, yep. on the actual, like – you know, top part of the cage or whatever. Yep. Um, they cut away, and so like you didn't really get to see the the impact. Right. And, Like they never they never went back and showed that. Um, and usually WWE is always spot on with everything as far as cameras are concerned. I guess old Beaver was busy chewing on too much wood backstage, <laughs> and messed it up a little bit. But but I did love the match. I thought I thought it was pretty good. Uh, <laughs> Fat little dormer, uh, Daniel uh, Cormier got in there, and I loved it when they said, well, he, he might climb up top, but no, he <laughs> probably won't. <laughs> he didn't have paid
1: enough for that. <laughs>
2: <No>. <laughs> but Oh, my uh, God. I thought, I thought it was a good match. And the, the thing that kept going through my mind was, we need a tag team match in this spot pit. Yes. And that would be cool.
0: That
2: would be that's very what, cool. That's, that's what I kept thinking the whole time. That would be very cool. Put, put uh,
1: but put the Usos a new day in that thing. And that would
2: no,
0: no, you gotta have the top ropes and the all that kind of stuff for those.
1: You guys. got the platform. We saw we saw Riddle do the senton off the top. Oh my god. Did, did he senton? slip? Yeah. No, he well, he slipped, but I don't think he was trying to jump because I think he just figured right. his, his momentum would take him all the way and he oh sat out. Dude, yeah, like I, I heard that,
2: the pop. I was like, "Oh, somebody just died. That Somebody's hurt, liver just exploded." That
0: hurt Seth Rollins so bad. Yeah, oh yeah. That,
1: <laughs> Riddle was selling it, but I was worried about Seth. May have a broken rib. Like I know they said on commentary. I wouldn't be shocked though if he doesn't have bruised ribs after that because that was that was rough. He
2: got him. He got him <laughs> good. He did. Oh my gosh! As. <laughs>
0: As soon as it happened, I was just like, "Oh, oh, oh that
2: man! Oh,
0: <laughs> that was rough." Um,
2: yeah, I, I would that, love to know though, like, because I, I agree with Andy. Like, he was trying to squat down and not like jump and propel himself. I guess so the impact wouldn't be any worse than what it, what it was. <laughs> but like, whenever he squatted, it was like it went real fast. His feet just went whoop, and off yeah, he went, it. and then pow. Yeah. Well, and I think uh, again i don't know <laughs>
0: I, I i don't i've watched wrestling all my life but i don't know the first thing about actually doing moves but the way that i've seen that done before i would think that riddle is supposed to take the majority of the bump and his head is supposed to hit rollins and him still lay on the mat so yeah. from that perspective he Ooh. should have jumped and propelled himself so that he sort of jumped over Rollins but hit him on the way down <laughs> rather than full-on Jeff Hardy Swanton in 2022
2: and just yeah. absolutely killing somebody. He, he, he was like, that young man for mentioning my family. to <laughs> <gonna say, yeah,
1: laughs> He did. Was, it, it turned into a shoot really quick with the senton. <laughs> yeah.
0: Like, bro, I can get you right here. <laughs>
2: Oh my gosh, Andy! What I thought, do you think? I, I thought like pigeons and rabbits and things were going to start flying out of set.
1: <laughs> that they should have done that. They should have had something come flying out of when he jumped off there. That would, that
2: would have been hilarious. Oh, a heart, hilarious. a liver, a gallbladder, uh huh, <laughs> intestines. Oh. Geez.
0: Oh, man. You can tell which one of us works in the medical field. Um, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, any thoughts on the match?
1: I, I really enjoyed it. I think, you know, this is right up Riddle's wheelhouse. Like, he he knows how to do these stuff. this stuff like this really well. And Ritt, uh, my only concern was I didn't know how Rollins was going to do in this type of, of environment because this isn't, you know, this isn't what he does at all. Yep. But... Once again, he proves why he's one of the best in the world because he can adapt to any situation. The frog splash that he hit when he was like when he climbed to the top and then did like the little twist to it that was that was beautiful. Like that was amazing to see that. I love the shout out to RVD. How like that was like triple layered because we were in Philadelphia, so like ECW. It was RVD, but also we also know what RVD and Matt Riddle like to do. So it was kind of a shout out to that oh, as well. So right. I love the the trolling that Seth Rollins knows how to do, it subtly in these ways, and he he killed it at that as well. And he's so, funny. you know, I I was worried about Daniel Cormier being in this, but I like the fact that he was like, when they kept trying to push his buttons, he but like pinned both of them against the cage, it was like, you ain't doing this to me tonight, and they they sold it very very well. So I think it worked out really well for all three.
0: There was speculation between the three of us. Oh, wait, before I go there, um. So Seth Rollins, Matt Riddle, each have won one match. Do we see a rubber match between these guys, or are we finished?
1: I say we. I think we see one more. I think they try to get. I think with Seth, they always try to get three matches out of <laughs> out of every feud that he does, and Good especially one. with going to Crown Jewel, I think they're gonna. I think they will absolutely have this match there with some massive stipulation. I hadn't thought about lineup.:
2: yeah. 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 Crown Jewel.
1: Crown Jewel. Is-
0: it is before Survivor Series, so it yeah. would be a good, you know, a good place to have the third match.
2: They'll load yeah. that up, and that will be a big match. But I mean, what kind of match do you have now? I mean, Seth just blew up on TV.
1: I mean, you so... could do a two out of you could do a two out of threes falls. You could do a you could do an Iron three, Man match. You could do a three stages of hell. Ooh. You could do an Iron Man match. You could Ooh. do. You know, I think there are a couple of different ways that you can go. I mean,
0: you could have Seth come back and say, Okay, well, you beat me in your environment. I'm gonna beat you straight up. Iron Man match, minutes. you know, whatever. Yeah. Oh,
2: that'd you be know. good. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I can I can get down with that.
0: You could do that. I don't know. Um, I think it's I don't know. I'm I I can see both sides. I almost would rather them be done, but again, like Andy said, Crown jewel, okay. It makes sense. Do it one more time, whatever. Um, I just I don't so. know, like, on television where else this feud can go to now keep me interested as we head towards Crown Jewel. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, we could just keep bringing up Matt Riddle's kids. Like, that seems to be the – that seems to work every time. So, that yes. that could be one. I mean, they could find some way to make it personal. They could find some way to to continue to move it forward. Um, and, You know, they, they may – I don't know if they will because we don't, we don't know what war games is going to look like at Survivor Series. Right. But they could stretch this to war games where both guys are in war games on separate teams going after each other as part of the blow-off or part of the finale with those. So, I mean, I think they're going to do some at Crone Jewel, and I think you could just kind of <clears throat> long-term story tell this. Maybe Seth attacks Riddle, injures Riddle. Riddle comes back after a couple weeks, and then we, we go from there.
2: Here's what I think. I think that uh, you will have Seth go, all Randy Orton, go to his house and be like, oh, here's your kid's drawings, and look, they hate daddy. There's the kid tripping daddy, and he falls down the stairs because <laughs> your family hates you. That I mean, I mean, would that not be WWE?
1: He did that with Edge, but that's a completely different take on what he did, so I, you know, right. I think that would work. Speaking of edge, we'll get there in just a minute. Um,
0: But the speculation, the water was going to bring a minute ago. There was speculation between the three of us that if Bray Wyatt did not end this show, that Brock Lesnar was going to end the show, that Brock Lesnar was going to show up and confront Cormier. And we were going to have that showdown. Do we still think that's a possibility? Does that happen on raw? We can always bring it up later. I know we're all happy about the Bray Wyatt ending, but are we disappointed we didn't see Brock confront Cormier? Or do we even—is that even kind of like, oh, that was a fleeting thought? That probably won't happen. What do
2: we think? I hope well, we, we don't see
1: it. Yeah, I was about to say we saw what happened last time—they brought in a MMA UFC guy to fight. Done. Likewise. They uh, they murdered Kofi for no reason. So I <laughs> I'm I yeah I don't think we need it. At yeah, this I point, I, I'm with you guys. I don't think we need it
0: either um like you know like you're alluding to you just point to Kane Velasquez and it just it tells you everything you need to know yeah so that being said it'd be cool for Brock Lesnar to come back probably not in the role against Daniel Cormier, though speaking of Edge we just brought him up a minute ago in the match that had the most time of the night as most Edge matches seem to do Edge and Finn Balor in an I quit match That I thought several times was going to go either way. But in the end, the threat of a concerto to Beth Phoenix causes Edge to say, I quit. And then in true WWE, get the heel heat fashion, the concerto happens anyway.
2: Did anybody Um, else not see this coming? Like I knew earlier today thinking about this, that this was going to be how it ended. I mean, even down to the, the concerto. Like, I thought the only way that somebody can say I quit and not be, like, really hurt is you bring Edge's wife into it, Beth Phoenix, and then you do something dastardly. And I thought, what would be something dastardly? The concerto. I mean, I I knew it earlier today. (laughs) And I'm not a genius.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, you knew it earlier today, but did you enjoy it? Did that take away from the enjoyment?
2: I enjoyed it, but, like, I guess I still see the Judgment Day as not being like, I I don't see them as being like a main event type program that Edge should be fooling with. Like This came under Vince, and so they, I guess, have to wrap it up unless they just wanted to drop it. But now I'm like, Edge should be doing something more like he should be against Bray White or he should. Right. The Judgment Day doesn't deserve to be feeding against him. This should have been done a long time ago. But, I mean, it was a great match. Even though we knew the ending, I was thoroughly entertained, sports entertained. So, I mean, it was what Andy, it was.
0: Andy, thoughts on it?
1: I enjoyed it for, for what it was. I think this. This wasn't about the match as much as it was the storytelling, like in the match itself. The storytelling here was was really good. I thought Michael Cole once again on commentary was selling this thing like crazy, um, which was I really enjoyed that. And I think you know, kind of like Jared, I thought if Ed, if Edge was going to lose, most likely how he would lose is because of Beth. Like I think that that was going to play into it. It still didn't take it away from uh, for me um, when she got in the ring and took out Finn with the with a uh, uh, kendo stick. And then her and Rhea went out of it. Like I need a Rhea Ripley versus Beth Phoenix match like yesterday, yes. because that that's going to be a killer match to watch. Um, talking
0: and, about crown I, jewel, it, it might happen there.
1: Yeah. And Let's I also it. think like, well, edge probably doesn't need to be in this feud. This feud has made Finn Balor feel like a big deal once again, which I, I that's think is true. important because I think they're they're If you read the dirt sheets and you believe half of what the dirt sheet says, there's a big push coming for Finn Balor, which, if you know anything about Triple H I'll and NXT with Finn Balor, it it's more than likely going to be true. And I think it, I think this is how we kind of play this forward. So maybe at it, at Crown Jewel we get a mixed tag match with Finn and Rhea versus um, Edge and Beth Phoenix. Maybe we stretch this thing out to War Games, and there's your War Games matches Judgment Day versus Edge, Ray Riddle, and Beth Phoenix, and we go. We go into that match there because they've they've all kind of been, you know, convoluted together. Sure.
0: Yeah, that's true. I I sort of lean to what Jared's saying. Not that this feud is beneath Edge, because clearly this was his creation, so they somehow have to wrap this up. And you know, I'm sure Balor is one of those guys as is priest that was on Edge's list of guys he wanted to work with when he came back. I'm sure those two guys are on it. So this sort of accomplishes all of that. But at the same time, I'm sort of ready for Edge to be doing something new. Like, I was hoping tonight would just put a bow on this, give Edge a month off, have him get ready for, you know, Survivor Series or the Rumble or whatever, and just, you know, we can – you know, move on and do something else, getting ready for WrestleMania. I don't know, but I don't know. I just I'm kinda of ready to do something else. As an but, edge fan, as a fan of Balor, as a fan of Priest. I'm like, okay, yeah. let's just
1: you know. But once again, going to Crown Jewel, I think you could end that Crown Jewel because it's I don't want to say it's a nothing pay-per-view, but it's a basically a nothing pay-per-view. The last couple have been more important than than previous, but it's it's not it's not that big of a deal. I mean, the main event is Logan Paul versus Roman Reigns. It's not that big of a deal. Right. So, I, you know, I think you could blow it off there. That would be the end. And then Edge does something else going into Survivor Series.
2: Right. Does, it, does anybody else, like, think that a lot of these Saudi shows, it's almost like a lot of the lineups look like they could be bad WrestleMania lineups that you might <laughs> would have?
1: <laughs> yeah. Yep.
2: And and like a lot. a lot of times, you really don't get like the ending that you want. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like, you know, you have this awesome match, like Brock versus John Cena, but then like they get in the ring and they don't do much. And then like some it ends in disqualification. And right. then we well, never see him wrestle again.
1: The, yeah. There, like I mean, there are a lot of matches that come to mind. Like the because I think Brock and Ricochet took place in Saudi. It did. Yep. Brock and Strowman took place in Saudi. That was a crap show. Yep. Uh, obviously, Goldberg and the Fiend, which is a sore subject, took place at Saudi. Yep. <laughs> the, the worst, the worst wrestling match of all time with the Undertaker and Goldberg took place at oh, Saudi.
0: That oh, wasn't oh. the worst wrestling match of all time. Come on. How about uh, wasn't
2: it DX versus somebody? DX oh, versus DX on of
1: the, the Undertaker and Kane. Yes,
0: that uh,
2: was the worst was, match of all time. That was bad. They brought out they brought
1: out Sean for that.
0: Yeah, Sean <laughs> had to wrestle the whole time because Triple, yeah, H, Triple H, H. Told
2: H his name Peck. Yeah, I looked like a monkey. And then you have like a
1: you have like a forty minute match between Randy Orton and Triple H that like. 10 years was ago good. was still a boring WrestleMania match. That really <laughs> was good. That was good.
0: And then you had triple H versus John Cena. That was really good. Uh, the triple H versus undertaker one-on-one match in Australia. Yeah. It was really good. So yes, both you've had really good matches. Edge and Seth Rollins, a hell in a cell. A yeah. couple of Saudi shows ago. That one was really good. So yeah. it just depends, but yes, I agree. Um, These, But like Andy said, the Saudi shows are starting to mean a little bit more. So, they're starting to connect storylines. That's where Dominic turned in the last show. So, I mean, that was Clash of the Castle, but you get what I mean.
2: Dominic's been doing really good, I think. Like, he Um, looks like he fits in his role way better than I ever would have pictured him being in any kind of role. When we saw him before this.
0: I think we can all agree with that, for sure. All right. (laughs) Um... Let's go to the ladder match for the Raw Women's Championship. Bianca Belair defeating Bayley. And did y'all feel like this match started really slow and they finally got a groove about halfway through? Or were you thoroughly entertained the whole way? Andy, go first.
1: I was entertained the whole way. I think, I think none of the equipment, none of the ladders were working for him half the time. So I don't think you can really discredit them for that. Because it seemed like every time they would go to pick up a ladder, it would either just crumble and fall apart or not cooperate with them. I, I thought the match itself was pretty good. I think maybe it started off a little slow, but once they started to pick it up, they really started to pick it up. The elbow drop that Bailey did onto Bianca oh, on that ladder man. was stiff. I think that hurt Bailey more than it hurt anybody else because she For just sure. kind of hit and stopped. Um, and then the the KOD with Bailey holding the ladder, I Bailey's going to have to have her mouth checked because she that uh, brutal. messed up on that. Um, and then, you know, Bianca hitting the, the double KOD on Io and um, Dakota Kai. So, like, I I think this match didn't do a whole lot for Bailey, But it made Bianca feel like an even bigger star, if that was kind of even possible sure. at this point. Like, I with Becky being gone and with Charlotte being gone, Bianca is the face of the women's division. And it's not even really close. Like, Bianca is the face of the women's division to the point nope. where when Becky and Charlotte finally come back, Bianca won't feel out of place being with them, like being up there with them. So I think this was really great for Bianca. I don't know where Bailey goes from here. Um, I don't know where damage control goes from he- goes from here, but, you know, maybe we do this one more time and Bailey gets the title offer for then or ba- Becky comes back at the end or something like that. Jared, what do you think?
2: Man, um... There's been several things that, like, here lately I feel like AEW has tried to do and be, like, the first and the best to really do whatever fill-in-the-blank is. And I think that a women's ladder match, that WWE did that and did it better than, like, what AEW has ever or could have ever or will ever do. Um, I thought that these two had a far better match than I would have ever thought that two women, other than maybe like Becky and Charlotte, could do. Um, I, I mean, I, I just thought that they did great. Uh, I thought this was a showcase for the women. I thought that it really made Bianca look like a star. I mean, I thought they accomplished several things. They showed that the women could have a ladder match and yep. you not know, sit there and be like, okay, time to go take a piss halfway through. Right.
0: Well, I tell you what I really enjoyed about this match is they actually showed, they actually told the story, at least in the beginning of the match, that they were trying to win the match. Yeah, Like they were both trying to climb the ladder to get the belt to win the match. You know, in a lot of ladder matches, it's that part is secondary because we're going to do all these spots. We're going to beat the crap out of each other and yada, yada, yada. No, they were both trying to, exactly. They were both trying to actually win the match. And I really appreciated that because we don't see that very often in ladder
1: matches. And, and they didn't do, as far as I can remember, they didn't do the slow, stupid climb up the ladder right. to get to the championship. Like I think, I think Bianca did it one time, and that's because I think Dakota Kai and Io were a little late yep. getting to the ring, so it wasn't <laughs> like it wasn't like she was doing it just to do it every time. There was. She didn't want to have an Eddie Guerrero moment where he was screaming for Vicky to come running out there and Vicky was nowhere to be found. So he was she like that that was that was justifiable. But everything else, like right. this felt like an actual <sighs> ladder match where they would go back and forth and they were both trying to win. They were using their energy right. They were once they got a chance to get the championship, they did whatever they could to get to it. Right. I
2: just got a notification that Alexa Bliss says hello to her that. old friend. <laughs> I saw that. I was like, oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> They're listening to our show Matt, and doing what we think they shouldn't do.
1: <laughs> Matt, Matt, Matt Hardy also tweeted out a picture of them, or a gift of them hugging saying forever.
2: So.
1: Uh, <laughs> I think people are just happy he's back. <laughs> yeah.
0: Except unless you're Seth Rollins who, you know, that whole debacle, but you know, that's another story.
1: That wasn't that wasn't Bray's fault.
0: That wasn't Bray's fault. That wasn't Seth's fault either.
1: That was Vince McMahon's fault.
0: <laughs> Dang it. Um, all right. strap match. Drew McIntyre and Karrion Cross. I feel like I don't know. Like, I feel like this match. <laughs> <way> I, just... <laughs> I feel like I don't know what I feel like. <laughs> I don't. I, I can't. I can't put it into words because I feel like this match just did not connect like I thought it would. Like, I thought this was going to be better than it was. I felt like they didn't get a lot of time. And it just, I don't know, maybe it's the first in a series of a few, but I expected more out of these guys.
2: It didn't connect at all, man. I mean, not even a little bit. Like, I started watching it and I was like, oh, got my phone. <laughs> I mean, I started wondering to myself because I went to go take a piss, and I was like, "Why do I not care about this? Right. You know, I'm not even really paying attention. I'm like trying to listen as I'm taking a piss. So I don't know, man. Well, I think I don't it's know what it is.
1: I mean, I think it's hard to have a, like a a good strap match. Like, I think especially it's, it's especially very... when
0: you. Especially when there is a pinfall element, like I yeah. am a traditionalist. In a strap match, I want to see you go touch all four corners. I yes. want that anticipation. Yeah. I don't want pin nonsense. It's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. this sucked.
1: I, I, it's hard to have a good strap match, especially with <laughs> with these like those type of stipulations. And you know, I mean, not doing the WWE versus AEW comparison, but like I would have much rather seen a dog collar match than a a strap match because the dog collar match that punk and MJF had was a thousand times better than this because of the storytelling involved. And I just feel like there was not, that there wasn't any chemistry between the two guys because they were, drew was beating the crap out of carrying cross with that strap. At one point, he was, he was, he was, he was taking going some
2: back and forth. Yeah.
1: He was taking yeah. some frustration out. I just, I don't know. I feel like there was something missing. I feel like there was something off. Yep. The crowd was dead for this. And I, it's, it's not their fault that they were dead. It was because of the match that took place before. I think that killed the crowd for this part. Um, and so, you know, I hope we come back. I hope we have another match up from these two. That's a normal stipulation or something like that. I will say that better have been a work like a work pepper spray thing because she she overkilled with the pepper spray on Drew McIntyre. Somebody she... said she did the uh, the Dwight Schrute spot from the office with the the pepper spray to the face over and over and over and over again. So. I don't know. What it, the, it was rough. I don't know if that is. Andy just made her like, office. You don't did, want the did, office? You, no,
2: no, no, it no. sucks. Uh, I tried to. But did you <laughs> see, like, whenever <laughs> whenever that she was spraying, there was like little pieces of stuff that were like flying. Yeah. So, like, it was some sort of, like, it wasn't it was just probably water. just water. Yeah. I mean, not, not with the little squigglies that were like shooting out of it. Maybe. it was like some it was,
0: sort of gimmicked something.
2: Yeah. I don't know.
0: It just she got him like, good, whatever it was.
1: <laughs> she did. I to just, make sure he stayed down.
0: Yes. And I don't like that Cross uses that forearm move to the back of the head. I think that's stupid. I think he needs. It didn't look really else. vicious.
1: It did. It I think doesn't. I think if he uses it kind of like Seth does to set up the the sleeper, then like that's right. that makes more sense than it being that actual sure. finisher.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I don't. I don't like him using his finisher. That's. That's really dumb. Nonetheless, I feel like this is going to continue. I don't think it's over with. I hope it's not over with because, like like you guys said, I want to see a regular match. I want to see these two guys get a little more time. And, I don't know, something good. I don't, this, this just wasn't <laughs> this good. Is a, this was really,
2: is really dumb. Um. <laughs> I,
0: but I'm like – I'm puzzled (laughs) because I really, I'm like Jared, like I wanted to like this match. I wanted to be into this match. Yeah. And I just wasn't.
2: Yeah. Even Scarlet wasn't enough to keep me wanting to look at the TV screen. I was like, ah, (laughs) phone. Look up pictures of (laughs) Scarlet.
0: Oh, my gosh. I don't know, man. All right. Uh, if you guys are if you guys are hanging out with us, make sure that you uh, leave us a comment, interact with us. We really appreciate that very much, so that Jared doesn't continue to go off the rails. I'm um, like Sammy Zane. I'm
2: popping everybody. <laughs>
0: Oh, good Lord. Oh, Um, man. If you're not following us on social media, please do so at PBW Podcast on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Subscribe to our show wherever you find your podcast and on the BodySum.com YouTube channel where you get brand new shows every Monday and most of the time Wednesday or Thursday. Or if you're watching us live, it's Saturday going into Sunday. Unless you're on Eastern time and then it's Sunday. But anyway, it's late, (laughs) y'all. I'm coming off a vacation (laughs) My brain is fried. Anyway, we got two more <laughs> matches to talk about. Let's talk about the match that Andy referred to a minute ago. Ronda Rousey taking the title off of Liv Morgan in an extreme rules match. This was awful. Like <laughs> This was This was not good.
2: I'm a, a lot sleep deprived. It's uh, so
1: it's very no, honest. Man. It's very yes, true. So, yeah. it's,
2: This stuck. (laughs) What? Smelled like poo. Somebody farted in (laughs) the.
0: If you've listened to this podcast for any length of time, you know that I'm not a huge Liv Morgan fan. I'm just not. I don't know what it is, but she just doesn't have something. But I don't feel like she smiles
2: really weird, for one. Like, did you all notice, like, even whenever she, and this and I always notice this because maybe I'm just crazy. But, like, whenever she gets hit and she falls down and she's supposed to be in pain, her mouth still looks like she's smiling. And I'm like, I can't tell if she's selling or if she's about to laugh at, you know, something that's just happened. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah, she know. used to work on the facials or have surgeries. Well, surgery apparently,
0: at some time. apparently, <laughs> apparently. <laughs> apparently her smiling at the end is going to be part of a storyline don't know what it is don't know but they emphasize that on commentary so that is going to be a thing going forward who knows exactly what it's going to be but the point that i was going to make before i was rudely interrupted (laughs) is this is dumb I don't think that Liv Morgan is experienced enough to lead an unexperienced Ronda Rousey through a good match of any kind. And it doesn't do (laughs) Liv any good to be in there with someone that's not experienced when she's supposed to be the champion and helping people get over. And it doesn't help Ronda to be in there with an inexperienced champion. Like, it's, it's just not a good matchup for me.
2: Yeah, but shouldn't Ronda this... be experienced by now, though? I mean, shouldn't she? Be? I'm she not saying she is. She should,
0: should be. should she be? Yeah, she should be. But she's not. <laughs> Do you see her matches getting any better?
2: No.
1: I think, I think we are officially off the Ronda honeymoon after <laughs> WrestleMania 34. Like WrestleMania 34 was it was the cool. mix, the mixed, like the it. mixed tag match that was really good, and then the year run she had after that was. Was pretty, pretty solid. Like, she had a good match she with perfect. Sasha. She had a good match with Alexa. She had a good match with Nia Jax, which is like impossible to do. Um, she had that triple threat at WrestleMania that was, I think, I think the triple threat at WrestleMania broke her, really. I honestly think it broke her mentally and, well, she was already broken mentally, but mentally and physically. And so I think, I think we're seeing the like the downfall of that. I, you know how much I hate Ronda Rousey. As, as a wrestler like, I, I, I cannot stand Ronda Rousey at all. The her and Charlotte at WrestleMania that when we were there was probably the worst match of the entire two nights for me. Like it was awful. She's very confused
2: like she thinks that like the fans should be worshiping her. Yeah. And since Which, they like... boo her, then she like, got offended and was like, "I hate the wrestling fans."
1: It's Which like, like if she would do. embrace that, if she would embrace that, that would be a decent <clears> character <throat> to have. As like, you, you should be worshiping me, you should love me, but because of people like Liv Morgan, you don't. Like that, that should make sense storyline wise. Yep. But she's, she's like terrible on the, in the mic, and,
2: and she'll be telling fans to shut up.
1: Yeah, I'm going, she, to, doing
2: the cry face thing. And I'm she like,
1: needs, she needs the Brock Lesnar treatment, and she doesn't talk. She just comes in, somebody hypes her up, and then she just goes in the ring and kills somebody like that. Yeah. That should be what it is. She doesn't need to be in the title picture at all. She doesn't need to be in the ring with people like Liv Morgan or, you know, <laughs> Sasha Banks or anybody like that. Like, I love Liv. I think Liv. I think Sasha can carry
2: it. her. I think Sasha well, yeah. can carry her.
1: But I, I fear for Sasha's life when she's in there with Ronda. It's not that I don't yeah. think they're going to have a good match. It's just she I don't trust Ronda. Yeah. Right. And so I just. The quicker Ronda goes away, the quicker the the better everything's going to be for me. Um, <laughs> at this point, I would I'll rather have. Her. At this point, I would rather have Charlotte back than Ronda, which is saying something because <clears> I'm <throat> i I'm, I'm not a big Charlotte fan either. But Jeez, this was just the only thing I liked about this match. Was who how are they were you a fan there. of in the women's division? I like Becky. I like Bianca. I like <laughs> Sasha. I like Liv. I like Asuka. I like all the Anybody ones that are actually not good not at named their job. Ronda
2: or Charlotte? That's
1: yeah, who he's a fan yeah, of. Yeah, uh, that, yeah, that's, who yeah like. that, that's who I like. That's who I like. But I, one thing I did like about this match was how they were just kind of beating the crap out of each other with that baseball bat. They were they were swinging for the fences with that bat, it seemed like, but everything else just kind of fell apart. And the table spot. The table spot in the ring was pretty good, too. Jared, do you have any thoughts on this match? <laughs> it was a five-star classic.
2: If it had been in the Tokyo, though.
1: <laughs> it would have had seven stars instead of five.
2: Team stars, I saw. Oh, um, good Lord. No, I mean, well, I mean, I, I guess it sucked <laughs> hearing it come from Andy. <laughs> I enjoyed it all. But now I'm just like, oh, I have to rethink my life. I <laughs> oh, shoot. Um, I mean, I think, I, I think that is one of the only reasons why that I care about this division right now. I mean, that's how I look at it. Um, I mean, I love Becky. I love her to death. She's my favorite. Um, But they just don't have a whole lot of girls that are kind of at the top right now. And so, I mean, if Ronda was gone, which is clearly what Andy wants, I I just don't think I would even watch any of the matches right now when it comes to the win. Honestly.
0: I'll I'll meet you guys in the middle and give you my opinion. I do not want Ronda to go away. I want Ronda to be used correctly. And in a feud with Liv yes, Morgan, is yeah. not correctly, in yeah. my opinion. Yeah, right. She needs to be in the Brock Lesnar category, like Andy said, of being special and used sporadically. If you want to put her on a pay-per-view <laughs> match, put her on a pay-per-view match. But let's be selective about who she is in there in the ring with. Like, I would love... For Bailey to come out there on Monday night and whine and complain and gripe about Bianca this, Bianca that, Bianca this, and then Rhonda come out and just kill her. Like, that would fit. That makes sense. But when you have this Liv Morgan stuff, trying to put Rhonda in a long-term story just doesn't work. No. It needs to be... In short spurts and used sporadically, we've lost Jared, he's there somewhere. Anyway. I, I can still hear
2: you.
1: Well, I think, okay. well, I think that I think to Jared's point, like the SmackDown women's roster is lacking a lot. Yes, it is. The Raw yes, women's it. roster, I mean, you have Becky, you have Bailey, Yeah, Bailey, Bianca, Becky, Asuka, Dakota, and EO, Candice LeRae now. Yes. Alexa Bliss. Like you had you have a stacked roster on the raw side. The women's side, you just have Liv, Rhonda, <clears throat> Raquel, and Shotzi is all I know. And Lacey. That's it. And that's yep. not And Natty. I mean your other your other favorite. I <laughs> SmackDown <laughs> needs Natty is honestly good.
2: she's just not she just, there's no character she's just,
1: Yeah, she's boring as a as but a character. Bland. Yeah, like she can have a decent match. It's just when she gets on the mic, I just want to rip my ears Smack,
0: off. Smackdown needs Charlotte and or Sasha and Naomi or yeah. something.
1: Yeah, they need to it, it combine means...
2: that that whole thing right now. You, you know, just have all the women go to both shows and have one yeah. one big one big brand.
1: Yeah, yep. And I think I think I think like the Brock Lesnar treatment with Ronda. Like Ronda should be at a point, kind of like Brock is where. They sort of feel bigger than the title. Like they're ma- like they don't need to be in the title with their match. They need to be in a special attraction match where you I could that. have Rhonda versus Shayna Baszler without a title and it feels huge. It feels like a big deal. Like I, Rhonda right. needs that to be will in, in the category. Which, which yeah.
0: I think, I think, guys, I think that's where we're headed. I was, my next question was, where are we going to head with Rhonda now that she's the champion? Because they've been planting seeds with her and Shayna over the last month or so. Now that Ronda has the title, I think that's where we're headed. Yes. And let Shayna so. get the win. Let Shayna hold the title forever. If, and, and if the WWE <laughs> is listening to the PBWF. Yeah, squash Ronda <laughs> Rousey. That's a spoiler
2: for the pay per view. Squash Ronda Rousey. Um, well, they're going to do the opposite of what we say if, they, if it goes like they did earlier. So, oh, well, that's
1: Hey, cool. apparently, when we do stuff in the PBWF, they just are like, oh, that's a good idea. Let's put it on TV. They
0: steal it. <laughs> they steal all of our stuff. It is what it is. They're listening to Bruce. our show. I'm telling you, they're listening to yep. our stuff.
2: All Somewhere right. Bruce is hidden listening to this right now. <laughs> Bruce, hey, I want wow. my check. I want my check. one around. <laughs>
0: Oh, wait. He can't do this because he's got a bum shoulder. So it's got to be just
2: one. He's calling uh, Conrad and saying, Remember that guy you hate that gave you that came the Dream figure? <laughs> he just said this. He's a hick, hey, ain't That stupid redneck.
0: <laughs> you reckon that's a good idea? Maybe I should. Hey, 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 I got an idea. <laughs> Why don't we listen to that hick, that redneck? He had a pretty good idea. Let's put that on the show. Hey, hey, like Riddle. Me, like... hey, hey, Riddle, you think you can climb up on that fight pit and do me a senton off of that? <laughs> <laughs> and Riddle says, bro, oh, I
2: don't
0: to do that
1: yeah, well. I'll try. Oh,
0: anyway, one more match to get to.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: one more match to get to that kicked off the show they got way more time than I expected them to get was the good old fashioned Donnie Burke match but this was the, brawling awesome. br- the Brawling Brutes and Imperium holy cannoli I want Sheamus and Gunther and these two factions to feud for the rest of my life this, this was the yeah, other
2: this yeah. was the other thing that I was alluding to earlier that I was like, WWE is doing something that AEW does, but doing it better than what they do. Having a match like this with these props around the ring and three on three, you know, everybody always goes on bitches about how, you know, AEW does these trios matches so much, but WWE did one and man, it was good. I mean, it was yep. as good or better than most of AEWs.
0: It was meaningful. It had story. Most of AEWs don't have story, but now they have these trios titles, but they're vacant. And, well, no, they're not vacant. It's the uh, <laughs> Death, has tri- them. Has them. Death yes, has them. them. Yes, that's right. I forgot. Um, AEW, <laughs> <laughs> get out of here. Oh. Anyway. Um,
2: that's about of no, pigs in my office. It smells like crap in <laughs> here.
0: <laughs> Owen. Owen. It was Owen. It was Owen. I know it was Owen. Um, Andy, do you know that story? I do. I've heard that. Okay, Uh, good. For those of you who are listening that do not know that story, uh, there was a hog pin match in 1995, (laughs) and when the person who was delivering the pigs. Before the show, the show. <laughs> Owen Hart met them and they asked Owen where to put the things, and instead of putting them in the arena, he put them in Vince's office. So that's that's ah, it. what is it? <laughs> <laughs> I have
1: no it's, idea where it's we're
0: it's going with this. <laughs> Where oh, in the world man. were we going with this, Andy? Put us <laughs> back on the rails. The Donnybrook match.
1: the Donnybrook match. Come on in here,
2: lady. Oh, god, it pigs. Find us another room. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, oh man, it smells that- like
2: face season. <laughs>
0: Jeez, Andy Donnie
1: (laughs) brook match. please. Donnie brook match. I loved it. I loved every second of it. Like you said, these these two groups could fight forever, and I would be a thousand percent okay with it. Uh, I love watching Gunther just absolutely kill everybody with chops. And then you know, I and I texted you, Chris, after this match was over. If 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 this year hasn't proven that Sheamus is a first ballot Hall of Famer in the WWE, nothing will. Like Sheamus is might be one of the most underappreciated wrestlers of all time until this year. And he has, like, he says, put out banger after banger, after banger, after banger. And I don't think he's really missed one in the last six months or so. It feels like, so I I'm very excited to see where they go from here. I want to see Sheamus take that title off of him. Um, cause this, this isn't over, especially after SmackDown when, you know, People said that he should have uh, – Gunther tapped out when he didn't, and there's kind of a storyline to pick this back up. So I, I absolutely love this. This was exactly what I wanted it to be in more. Um, and, yeah, it was just – it was a lot of fun.
0: It was great. I, and you guys know that I've never been a fan of of Walter's style or what he was doing in NXT UK and all that kind of stuff. But I feel like since he has come to the main roster, he has really – not changed his style because there's still clearly what he was good at doing all that that base is still there but he has expanded his style and he has done a lot more stuff that has at least drawn me in as a not necessarily a fan of him to make me at least interested in his matches and what he's doing and and I I don't know if I would say that Seamus is a is a first ballot Hall of Famer like right away, like hands down. But the dude continues to do things. You know, Seamus is one of those guys that's been around for a long time. I think a lot of people think this way about Randy Orton as well. It's like, man, <clears throat> I wish he would just go away. What is he still doing? Hasn't he been here for like 20 years? Why is, <laughs> you know, why are they still putting him in these spots? And he continues to prove why they put him in these spots. Sheamus is really, really good. Really, really
2: good. I always wanted to see, um, Sheamus versus the undertaker at WrestleMania before the undertaker called it quits. That's
0: fun. That's fun. Mm
2: -hmm. Yeah. Like, like I think Sheamus is that good that he should have had a WrestleMania match with Taker. Um, we never got to see that and probably never will. Um, but anyways, uh, I mean, I think Sheamus is awesome. Um, you know, he came in on top, uh, was going against Triple H whenever he first uh, came in, uh, won the world title. and then Cena and almost, tables
0: match. Yep.
2: Right. It was almost like he peaked, again, like we were talking about earlier, Who peaked way up here. And so, really, the only way he's had to go is down. Now, I don't think he's gone like nosedived, but he had to go down from the top. And I think that we can build him up again at least one more time, if not several more times. Before yep. this guy's career's over, to where he's in the main event of a very high level pay per view, and he deserves it.
1: Yep. I yeah, agree with I agree. I think I think you're absolutely right in the fact that he was his peak was when he beat Cena, facing Triple H at WrestleMania. You know, was like in the title picture throughout the whole Nexus run in the summer and all of that stuff, and then he kind of fell off, went through the Authority that like everybody that was a part of the authority, all all of a sudden their characters just died like instantly when they were a part of the authority angle. And then from there, the league of nations all the way back to really, I think his career restarted when he went on that best of seven feud with Cesaro and then the bar was created. And then from that point on, he's just been, he's just been consistent every single time. And I
0: loved, you know, going off of that. It didn't feel like we had a lot for Seamus to do once they officially
1: split the bar
0: And then he started turning back into this Irish brawling bar fight kind of guy. And that was just a whole other evolution to his character that I loved. Let me ask you all this. And this thought just came to me. We were talking earlier about how we just, we couldn't figure out what was going on with the Drew McIntyre and Karen cross match. And Jared has said to me on several occasions, Drew McIntyre's just not, Something's not there. Something's just not clicking. With this brawling brutes group, would Drew McIntyre be a good addition to it?
1: Uh, maybe for a one-off. I like war games or something. I think he would okay. fit in really well with that. I I think Drew, Drew is too big of a star to be put in that group with those three guys and it's nothing against them. It's just, I feel like if drew, if drew is in that group, then everybody looks at it like a downgrade for him instead of an upgrade and like a good spot for him to be in. I think people start to look down upon rich, rich Holland and butch and then Sheamus as well. So like, I think maybe a one-off and then we let drew go back out and do his own thing. Um, I think that part, like, I think that works really well for him rather than being a full-time member of that group. I, th- I, think, I think you could work it, and I, and I agree with what Andy just said,
2: but, th- but I think you could work it to where that you keep Drew over here and you have him constantly be friends with Seamus. And, like, every, you know, they team up and do their own thing, and, like, maybe if those two get in trouble, you have the other brawling brutes come out and, like, save them, and, like Andy said, do, like, a four-on-four four of some kind. Um, but I think if you associate – Seamus and Drew at this point, we all know they're friends. We all know they like each other. We all know they have, you know, heck of a fight. Sure. Keep associating them, and I think it will elevate both of them, especially Drew, which is what he needs. Because I just – I don't know what else you can do with him that right. makes him relevant.
1: Well, you could have put the titles on him at Clash at the Castle, but that's
2: – That would have worked. Yes. That,
1: would have, that would have worked very well. I'm still bitter about that.
0: But then Austin Theory would have cashed in on him and then it would have been... No,
1: Tyson Fury would have knocked him out still. Tyson Fury would have knocked him out still. And then we'd have got that sing-off anyways at the end that was weird.
0: Gosh, it was the weirdest thing ever.
1: (laughs) All right. As we wrap this show up,
0: um, final thoughts on uh, Extreme Rules tonight. Uh, A pretty good show, capped off with an incredible ending, obviously. Uh, Andy we all know how you feel about the ending but give us some overall thoughts on on the show Andy we'll start with you just on on what you thought and if you were as we like to say sports entertained
1: yeah I was I would say I was sports entertained for most of the show I think there were moments where we definitely were very low like it was not very entertaining. We weren't having a lot of fun. We didn't really we care about what was on the screen. Yeah. Like, I th- and I think part of it is because we started off so high with that, that Donnybrook match. And then we go to Rhonda and live, which brought the crowd down drew and cross, which did not bring the crowd up. And then from the latter match on, it was good, good, good. Like, I think, I think that was, that was important for that. So I think it was just an up and down, but at the end of the day, I don't think a lot of people are going to remember a lot that happened in this pay-per-view. Everybody's going to remember how this pay-per-view ended. And I think yeah. that's the going home part of every match on this show could have been awful and people would still love it because of the fact that Bray Wyatt showed up at the end. Exactly. So I think, you know, <clears throat> the old adage in wrestling is nobody remembers how you got there. Everybody just remembers uh-huh. the finish. Like the, the, the finish of the pay-per-view is what everybody's going to remember. And this is about as high as you can finish on a pay-per-view than anything else right now. Yep,
2: that's exactly right.
1: Jared?
0: Um,
2: I'm, so I've been grading WWE on a curve lately. Um, you know, after Vince has gone, you know, I was so just kind of disgusted with the WWE product. I mean, you all know, because I didn't go to WrestleMania with you um, this past year. Right. And I told Chris why, you know, I just, I just didn't care. Um, and so now ever since Vince went out and and we have this hope of things getting better and we're seeing progress, um, I guess I'm just so happy that we're actually like storylines are going somewhere and we're getting to see some new guys have chances and we're getting to see, um, people brought back into the story that had been let go for just sheer nonsense. Um, and that we had such high hopes for. Now that we're getting to see all this stuff kind of be – the wrongs be righted. um, I grade WWE on the curve, and I am liking all their shows. You know, as far as I'm concerned, they hit this one out of the park. This was an excellent pay-per-view compared to what I had seen for so many years.
0: I thought it was really good. Uh, Like Andy said, there were some points where we were treading water. There were some points where it was really, really good or really invested. And, of course, the ending uh, with Bray Wyatt always leaves us with more questions than answers, which is exactly what they were going for. But here is, with all of those highs, there are always lows. Here is the low that I'm going to point out. Andy, it seems like you and I are pointing this out a lot recently recently. On the show, and it continues to be a theme. No AJ Styles on this pay per view. And this is how many pay per views in a row that he has not had a match? Several.
1: Money in the Bank, I think, was the last one. No, he, he went, he went had, on Money in was, the
0: Bank. It what was the one
1: after the it was WrestleMania Backlash. I think it was the last one. He it, was on. There was one after that. I don't remember what it was because there was this, it was the sixth tag. Right. Backlash is where,
0: is where Rhea showed up. And then it was the one after that. Where it was, was... Finn, AJ,
1: and Liv versus... Correct. So yeah.
0: whatever that pay-per-view was.
1: That's the last one. We haven't seen AJ so like, since.
2: So, like, what's your all's thoughts on that? Like, why do you think that's happening?
0: Andy, I'll let you go first.
1: What do you think? I think... Well, because Kevin Owens hasn't been on a pay-per-view in a while either. Like, it's been a minute since Kevin Owens. But they're they're prevalent on TV every single week. And I think part of that is because they're slowly building. I feel like they're slowly building their characters back up. Like AJ for the first time since two years ago has felt important again on raw. Like everything he has done feels important again. Kevin Owens is just basically feels like he's on a different level than everybody else right now. And so I feel like they don't, they don't always need to be on the pay-per-view because they're doing such, they're doing great on weekly stuff. And then the first time they're on pay-per-view in a big time match, it doesn't feel out of place. So I feel like they're, they're building them up. However, we need to have something for both of them pretty quickly, like something substantial. I think we're heading there with, I think it's very clear that we're heading there with Kevin as soon as bloodline turns on Sammy Zayn and Kevin Owens makes that save. And those two go together and go after the Usos for the tag titles then that writes itself. But for AJ, like maybe after Crown Jewel, AJ's in the title picture against Roman. Maybe, you know, he's going after the U.S. title. He needs to do something of importance pretty soon.
0: They've been teasing a lot of stuff with AJ and Balor. Uh, I don't know if Edge and AJ team up uh, heading into Crown Jewel, especially since what happened tonight with Edge and with Balor and all that. But I don't know. I have this – I don't know if it's – I don't know exactly what it is, but I think that AJ might be a Vince guy, maybe not as much of a Triple H guy.
2: That's what I was wondering.
0: Maybe he's not getting the spotlight because – I'm not saying Triple H doesn't see talent in him, but I don't know. Maybe Triple H doesn't feel like he needs to push AJ Styles. But when AJ Styles was on top, when he was your world champion twice for a year, twice, I mean, he sold merch. He was on all your house shows and he he did well as your champion twice. So I just I don't know I don't know where that is. The only thing I can think is it's a triple H versus Vince kind of thing.
1: And it could be it could be another case of Triple H is trying to restore, like he's trying to push some guys back to the top where they belong. Sure. And then we bring guys like AJ back up along. Because as long as AJ's going to wrestle, AJ's going to always be at the forefront of wrestling like fans' minds. Like AJ's not going to go anywhere because of how good he is in the ring. So I it may be one of those of like we got to bring up Kevin Owens back up. We got to bring Finn Balor back up, Johnny Gargano, Tommaso Ciampa, Austin Theory. And then we can bring guys in like AJ and do something with them. So
2: I didn't really – I didn't know where you all were going with with the whole thing about AJ and Kevin Owens. That's why I asked you to explain it. But do you think that now, like as you were telling me all that stuff, do you think that this is a situation to where that we can blame Triple H and a bloated roster – for what's happening the same way that people were blaming uh, Tony Khan and his bloated roster for what's happening. And what's happening on both shows, from what you all were telling me, is that they have so many, so much talent in so many wrestlers that some people are just getting left out. And it's like, oh, man, you know, AJ's back. Look at him. He's doing awesome. And then he's gone. And somebody else has come up that, you know, Triple H is bringing up to trying to put towards the top. Which is what he should be doing, I think. But then somebody like AJ gets left out that was just being featured. Which is the same thing we're seeing on AEW. I mean, is that kind of what you all were telling me?
1: I think it's part of it. I think the roster yeah. is kind of bloated. I think, and I think I'm sure Chris isn't going to like what I'm about to say, but Uh-oh. I think Vince did so much. <laughs> I think Vince did so much damage to a lot of guys. On the main roster, that Triple H has to do a little mop up duty to bring them back to relevancy, and then we push them forward with guys like AJ, Roman, Seth, all of that. So, like, I feel like because I mean, yes, Triple or AJ Styles hasn't been on a pay per view in a couple months, but I mean, let's not act like beforehand he was tearing down the house every pay per view with somebody. He was in a tag team with Omos that nobody cared about because nobody cares about Omos. So, Very true. I think I think this is more of. And uh, we got to also think like the first couple of raws, AJ was like featured heavily and was putting on bangers and triple H was putting that out there. So I don't know if this is like a Vince guy versus a triple H guy, as much as it is kind of what you said, Jared, you're already established. We've got some guys we've got to work back into the mix. And then once I finally get this thing figured out and worked out how we want it, then we can go from there.
0: Oh yeah. Triple H is still, is still doing mop up duty. For sure. I have no doubt about that. And you also have to think, too, Jared, to your point of how loaded the roster is. Well, I think the reason it's loaded is because they don't want people to go to AEW. You know, Triple H is of the same mindset that Vince was that he wants to keep all the talent and not let them go to AEW. Does he want them to be happy? Sure, he does. Does he want them to go be featured on the other show? Absolutely, he does not. Does he know that AJ Styles has best friends on the other show? Sure, he does. He wants him to stay right here. So, I think it has a lot to do with that. Uh, I think AEW now is, is feeling some of that, too. They don't want their guys to go back to WWE. So, I think it's that way on both sides. And I think AJ, Kevin Owens, and a lot of guys, Ricochet, are suffering from Andrade on the other side, are suffering from that, not getting their TV time, but not – I'm not saying A.J. wants to go, but not being allowed to go just because we have a loaded roster. So,
2: so I ha- how would either how would one of you suggest that we remedy that? Like, is Put there AJ any way Styl- to remedy that? Put A.J. Styles
0: oh. in the main event, give him the world
1: title. I mean, that's weird. I don't know about game. giving him the world title, but
2: – I win. I win the world title. Give me the world title. I win every time.
1: <laughs> I think – I think you could give – like, honestly, like, I think you could give him the U.S. or IC title and then do the John Cena route where he has open challenges, like, every week. And then on pay-per-views, he has an open challenge, and we just let him wrestle. Like, that's oh. that's what we love about AJ is his wrestling ability. Because if we're going to be real honest, the dude can't cut that great of a promo. Like, he can every once in a while, but he's not he's – mm-hmm. he's, he's okay on the mic. We don't really want to listen to him talk as much as we do – like, we don't want to listen to him talking to us. So we want to see him wrestle. And so I think going that route would work very well. Putting him in a high-stakes feud, like something that actually means something, something that matters, I think would, would add that back to him.
2: I was meaning more of how do we remedy the whole situation on both sides? Like, mm-hmm. is there any way to feature these people that are not getting featured that clearly should be featured? I mean, both, both sides have two TV shows a week that are big. So how would you remedy that?
1: I don't know know if there is is one.
2: uh, I don't know that
1: there is a way. I I mean, because the problem is Raw is already three hours, and a good Raw is still hard to watch for three hours because of of just the length of it. And Um, even in a three-hour show, you still have trouble getting everybody on there mm -hmm. to do something that means something. So... I guess, I guess part of it, and people have to realize, like wrestlers have to realize as well, is everybody's gonna have their moment in the sun, and then there's gonna be moments. Unless you're a Roman Reigns or, you know, uh, Adam Hangman Page or John Moxley on the other side, there's gonna be moments where you're not going to be featured very heavily, but just because of the sheer size of the roster. So you gotta you gotta make your moments count when they come, and then, you know, work on your craft when they're not there.
0: I'll follow up exactly what you said. We just talked about AJ Styles not being great on the mic, and I can agree with that. I'm a big AJ Styles fan. I can agree. I don't want him to cut a promo every single week. But the example that I will give is John Moxley cuts a promo every week, whether it's taped, whether it's in the ring or whatever. Do cuts a promo every week. He's not always in person every single week, but you always see something from John Moxley. And I think that's the that's a good method to, to continue to feature these guys. Again, I don't want AJ to cut a promo every week, but I want to I be reminded that he's there, reminded that he is a big deal. I don't want to just assume that he's a big deal because he always has good matches or what have you. I want to know that he's a big deal. I want the casual fan to be like, I want to see more of that AJ Styles guy. And to Andy's point about having your moment in the sun, Man, the old adage in wrestling is when you get a chance, you better get out there and knock it out of the park. When you get out there and you knock it out of the park, I'm not saying AJ's not doing this or Owens is not doing this or whoever, but when you get out there and you knock it out of the park, you change people's minds backstage and sometimes the story gets changed and sometimes you do get more TV time and more TV time and more TV time. So, not saying these guys are or are not doing it, but there are remedies. I'm just glad I'm not in that seat to to have to do it.
1: And, and I wait, think the perfect wait. example of that is, I think on both sides, like you can look at Liv Morgan's rise to the title, and then you, on the other side, you can look at the acclaimed rise to the tag team titles. Like, the Acclaimed was getting squashed on Dark a year and a half ago, and now they're the most over thing in AEW, if not the most over thing. Probably not now because Bray Wyatt's back, but the most over thing right. in professional wrestling was – the acclaimed like they they are extremely over everywhere they go and that's because when they had their chance they they made it it count they got they got the fans they got the crowd invested uh rusev when he was in wwe like he for years people were chanting rusev day even after it kind of died people were still chanting rusev day so it's just one of those you have to take the opportunities when they're given to you
0: Jay, go ahead sorry (laughs)
2: Um, I mean, what Chris described was the same situation that set up the Monday Night Wars. And that's why that I've been grading wrestling kind of on a curve, I think, is because it seems to me like for the first time in a long time, there's a lot to look forward to, and there's a lot of guys that can make huge impacts on both sides and really become that next big breakout star that we've needed on both sides for so long. So, I, I mean, that, that's, what, that's why I've been starting to watch entire wrestling shows again whenever I had not done that in probably a, a year and a half, two years.
0: All we know that is by the end of this conversation, no matter if AJ Styles gets featured on a pay-per-view or Kevin Owens gets featured or what have you, wrestling is in an incredible spot right now yes. on both shows. AEW is doing some of their best work now because WWE has forced their hand. We used to say the other way around that AEW was forcing WWE's hand. Now it's the other way around. And as a WWE fan, as a WWE shill, I'm so happy about that. (laughs) That being said, it's
1: just what what we've AEW fans have been saying for years is if Vince got out of the picture, WWE would get better anyway. So it's kind of. I think here everybody's coming back home now for both sides.
0: Here we are. Vince is out of the picture. Triple H is in charge. And yeah. here we are. The rest is history. All right. That is going to do it for this post-show edition of the Pipe Bomb Wrestling Podcast. Extreme Rules was a fantastic show. I'm probably going to shut this stream down and go watch it again. Uh, yes. I, I already thought about,
2: about that. i want yeah. to go see it
0: again. Yeah. I want to see Bray Wyatt's thing. Yes. Uh, watch all that again.
2: Um, so, you go check it out, Jared. How long, for how long has it been since you said that, man? I mean, like really, that's awesome.
0: I mean, I just... normally go back and watch the shows. I think the last time meaning... I said it was I
1: SummerSlam. I think the last time I said it was SummerSlam, and that's because I couldn't see half the time because of that stupid light that. Was
2: in my face. <laughs>
1: <laughs> or because you couldn't remember
0: because you were very sickly in the garage.
1: Yeah, well, I remember everything up to being oh. sick, and then after that, I don't remember. And I went back and watched Summer, Summer and I was like, man, I don't remember half of this, and part of it's because it happened right in the middle of that light where you couldn't see anything. True. What,
2: what did we pull over for Andy to puke at? What did he finally...
1: Which, which time? I, which I did time? three times. I did three times.
2: I remember there was one place where, we're like we pulled over and there was like a lot on some sort of like little building or something. That was, was the last time. Out.
0: Yeah, that was in the and interstate. It was like, yeah. and it was I have no idea where that was. <laughs> it was we some random. It was a rough night that we pulled over. It was it was wild. Andy had a rough night, but Andy powered through. I mean, Andy also is. recorded a podcast in the middle of all that, and it was
1: it was great. <laughs> <that> flu game.
0: <laughs> <that> flu game. <laughs> anyway, before we make our listeners sick, um. Jared, thanks for hopping on with us, man. Uh, I know you're not on every single week, but we appreciate you hopping on. Thanks for doing this.
2: Yes, sir. It's been fun.
0: It has been a blast. Make sure that you tune in each and every Monday and Wednesday or at this point Sunday or Thursday or just listen. Easiest way for you to know when there's a show coming, hit that subscribe button. You'll get a notification every time we drop a new episode. Make sure you follow us on social media at PBW Podcast, on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. For Jared, for Andy, my name is Chris Buckley. Thanks for hanging out with us Got on this the edition. The whole world in
2: it. I podcasted podcast.
0: Catch you guys down there.